Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PPI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Before we get to this episode, we've had a giveaway that was going on with Mishimoto and Turn 14 Distribution where you could win a free transmission cooler and radiator. And the uh, the giveaway ended on Wednesday. And the winner is Cody from Altoona, Pennsylvania. He's been notified parts are heading his way. So we want to thank all of you that participated, entered, and we encourage you guys to stay tuned and, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more giveaways that we're going to have planned moving forward. Now, on today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Frank from RevMax Converters and talking to him about the new Allison 10-speed and Ford 10-speed transmissions. These things are, are really interesting, and RevMax has been leading the way in research and development, checking out what components could fail and how they can get more capability out of them. So we're going to give a give an overview and, and see what, you know, what RevMax thinks about these transmissions and what failure points they think are going to pop up so they've got one there now that, that failed on a truck and they're going to be jumping into that and seeing what they can do so we look forward to being able to chat with them all right let's get to the podcast with frank and learn more about these 10 speed diesel transmissions frank welcome back to the diesel podcast i, I had a blast chatting with you last time about 68 rfe valve bodies and some new things that you guys were working on and i've been seeing some posts you guys have been doing about the ford and gm 10 speeds and a lot of our listeners are really interested in it and i don't know much about them so i figured you know we would chat and you guys are the experts at at uh, transmission parts and building so it's uh it should be fun to learn more about them well yeah man thanks for having me back on again and uh yeah whatever questions you got let me answer them for you now what last time on our last episode you had mentioned that they're they're very similar, and I wanted to ask you, when you first got your hands on one and tore it down, what were some initial thoughts that you had? Well, the initial thoughts are, this is a, a gigantic version of the 10R80, 10L90, which is basically the same transmission again, and the uh, 10R80 is in all the Ford real drive uh, vehicles, and the 10L90 is in all the GM real drive small vehicles, so all, the, all your gassed up, your Mustangs, Camaros, F-150s, Silverado pickups, half-ton trucks, it's seen in all those. And this is literally the exact same transmission, just on steroids. It is identical. Wow. So in the applications, you know, they're going to be behind three-quarter, one-ton trucks. Is probably what a lot of diesel enthusiasts are thinking is, one, is it going to hold up for you know, a lot of towing, maybe some power adders, things like that. Were there any things initially you guys saw where you thought, and we're definitely going to need to do something with the valve body or the clutch packs or shafts or drums or anything like that? Yeah. So, you know, let's start with the question of, is it going to hold up towing and heavy work? Well, the answer is it's very similar to what we said about the AS69 in the past. Okay. If you leave an AS69 equipped Dodge Ram stock, 
the training will last a very, 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 very long time. How long? I don't know, but it's going to be a long time. The, the 10R140 and the 10L1000 Allison is going to be in the same category. You leave the truck stock, it is going to be a great trans. If you modify the truck in very short order, you're going to find that you're going to have issues with it. Even more, I, and this is just this new and it's hard to say, but from what we've seen in this, the flashing we just got this past week, um, it's going to be more of an issue than what we were seeing in the, uh, the AS69s. This thing is not going to permit, you know, excess, excessive power put to it and a lot of play. It, it, it's, it's just not. The design is an awesome design. Um, it's absolutely next generation. There is nothing in common with any of its predecessors. It doesn't work on the same principles. It doesn't go together the same way. It doesn't come apart the same way. And it doesn't operate like anything else anyone this industry has ever seen unless you've seen a 10-speed, like, like discussed in the lighter vehicles. So this can be an extremely steep learning curve for a lot of people on these things. Um, and, and one of the biggest things is it's so heavy. Um, you know, I don't have an exact weight, but I'm going to guess that the barrel of gut, which comes out in one chunk, basically it's, they're, they're, this training is kind of like a, a transmission within a transmission within a transmission. So you've got the outer case, which weighs nothing. It's hollow all the way through, maybe weighs 30 pounds, 40 pounds. Then you've got the first barrel. And the first barrel, when it comes out, it has the entire transmission except for the pump and the rear planet. So the whole trans comes out in one huge chunk, and that chunk probably weighs 150, 175 pounds. Wow. Then inside that chunk, you've got another chunk. And that chunk there probably weighs 50 or 60 pounds. So you've got these sub-assemblies, which for, on the OE side, to assemble it is absolutely amazing because they can slam these things together extremely quickly. But on the rebuilder side, it's extremely tedious and it's so heavy. And that's the biggest thing is most of the tools we have now, we've had to make our own tooling just to work on this thing to take it apart because there's nothing big enough to work on it. I, I can see how it, it, it it's going to change the the aftermarket and even the repair and maintenance side so much versus the the older ones where you know just taking it apart and assembling and moving it around is going to be different. Oh, it's definitely different. Uh, you know, and these trucks also have a different PTO system, and we've had units with and without the PTO. And to be honest with you, it takes it takes us longer to take the PTO off and get it out of the way than to disassemble the entire transmission. There, the PTO is literally a little secondary Siamese transmission that is on the transmission. It's, it's wild. Wow. I guess from, well, as you mentioned, from a manufacturing standpoint, it, it helps you know, Ford and General Motors when they're doing it. And for most people, like the ASIN conversation we had before, it's going to hold up to you know daily driving, towing, and those sorts of things. But for the, the other part of the the diesel community or industry that likes to have fun with them and do different things. It's definitely going to take some R and D and time and, and manufacturing to be able to offer whatever upgrades and things you guys are seeing, you know, that are going to fail once you crank a hundred, 200, 300 horsepower above stock throwing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, with, with this design that we've got now that we're looking at, we initially looked at it and where our initial thoughts brought us to of where we thought the issues were going to be. We're actually, different. They wound up being right where they were with the gas world, um, and the 10R and 10L. Um, not kind of line with what we've seen in the diesel world in the past, where the failures are. Uh, so it, it was a little different. 
there, there's going to be a lot that has to be made in order to add significant capacity to the transmission. The old tricks of let's run a little bit thinner steel, a little bit thinner clutch, a lot of that's not going to work in this transmission in a lot of areas. There's physically, it's so compact and so perfect from the factory, the way they built it, that there's no extra room there. Now, they could have left extra room there, but there was no reason to. So everything's as compact and tight, and even though it's super heavy, as lightweight as possible. So we are kind of, we're, we're the constraints, the 60 RFE was the biggest constraint as size as a, a canvas, per se, to work with that the industry's ever seen before. You had the input clutch drum, which only could be so big and hold so much. Well, this is that times 10. Every single drum slash clutch pack, hub, everything in this thing is absolutely right next to its mating part. So you can't just go make it bigger, can't make it wider, um, unless you make all the pieces around it wider or bigger. So there, there, there's, there's, this unit will be, unfortunately, extremely expensive, most likely to build to a, you know, to a moderate power level. Um, it's probably going to be like a 60 RFE as far as parts you have to throw at it. You're not going to just throw some clutches in it. Clutches aren't going to get you anywhere. So I'm sure within a few months you're going to see, you know, like a GPZ or an Alto G3 kit for it. But changing clutch material isn't going to hold any more capacity. Um, you're going to need extra actual clutch surface area. And to get that clutch surface area in this unit, you're going to be, it, it's a fight. It's just not, it's just not layup give me like some, you know, like a 48 or 40, you know, 47R, even a 5R110. It's just not there. It seems like the Ford and GM owners out there are in a way going to be going through what 68RFE owners had where it was, it was so different than say a 48RE and how it had to be built. And then the electronic side and the valve body and the pump and the clutches and shafts and all that, where now it's going to hit two major brands. And I can definitely see where the expense and just time as well, time you guys need with it to be able to, you know, perfect the ideas and, and, and the parts, you know, get it all put together into a package. Yeah, for sure. There's going to be a long, uh, there's going to be a lot of R&D and a lot of trial and error in this thing. Now, the good thing it does, I don't, I don't want to be talking completely down about it. It's actually a really, it's extremely large. Um, it, the clutches of this unit are unlike anything else. The hard parts of this unit are like anything else. They're huge. The thing is, is they're, great for factory power levels, which have increased so much over the years that we're now today where tuned trucks were, you know, five years ago. You're coming from the factory that way. So we're using that capacity. People don't understand, yeah, it's a lot bigger, it looks stronger. We're using that capacity today, whereas before, you know, in yesteryear, we had smaller transmissions, so we put more parts in, we could hold the capacity. Well, this unit is now at that tune level, basically from the factory. So people have to understand when you start going past at 100 or 200 or 300 horsepower past factory, you're going to start running into problems. But in a stock application, this unit is extremely impressive. And I don't want people to get freaked out that they buy buying this truck, they're going to have a transfer problem. They're not. If they leave that truck alone, they're not. But if they modify it, they're going to. That's where we can almost see the, the convergence of all this because there's so many aftermarket companies on the, the fueling, the tuning, the turbo side, the injection pump side, where they're full speed ahead with these new trucks and, and, and redefining 
you know, how to modify them, that it's going to happen. It might not happen right away. It might take a couple years, but there's definitely going to be truck owners out there that, that, uh, you know, do get these things in the six, six fifty, maybe 700 horse range. And that's where, you know, what you guys are doing is going to, going to, you know, come into play. I, I wanted to ask you as far as, you know, the benefits of it is we have a 10 speed driving a truck with one of these transmissions. What, what does it feel like? What what is different with these versus you know say the six speed Allison or the six speed six R one forty? Well, believe it or not, I have not had the opportunity to actually drive one of these in factory form quite yet in a, in a in a diesel application. However, we do have a Raptor here that we did our all of our ten R eighty platform work off of, which is again it's identical twin, just smaller. Um, and the Raptor transmission, the way it drives, it doesn't use all 10, 10 gears all the time. So, for instance, in a Raptor. You go first, this is not under light throttle or mid throttle. First, skip second to go one, three, skip fourth, locks up on the, on the three to five upshift, skip six, go to seventh, and then eight, nine, ten. So it's ten speeds, but you don't always use all ten speeds. So the only time you'll see all ten gears used is under wide open throttle. Okay. What does that give us? It gives us an absolutely amazing towing gear in the first gear to launch that truck off the ground, you know, to launch with. Um, it gives us that nice, deep, deep overdrive that, that gives us a fuel economy. And it gives us these really tight spaces of gearing in between, which in the Raptor setup, it actually gets, a, there's almost too many shifts. When you drive one of these trucks, you'd understand what I mean, there's too many shifts. You know, uh, the eight-speed eight speed ZF units, um, like the Eco Diesels and that, you drive one of those, they don't feel like they have too many gears and they feel always perfect all the time. Whereas these 10 speeds, they're a little clunkier, they're not quite as refined, they're not as smooth just because there's so much happening and there's so many gears, you know, depending on the parameters, you know, the computer's looking at acceleration, it's looking at angles, so if you're going up a grade, it's looking at how much, how much engine load there is. There's so many parameters that go into it, sometimes it just gets confused, it doesn't know what to give you. I gotcha. I got you. I, I was thinking when you were talking about earlier with how much is going on inside these transmissions and how it's so different. And with the 68 RFE, I know one of the major hurdles early on and for a while was the electronic side. Are these transmissions ex- controlled extremely, I don't want to say well, but there's just a lot of electrical input, a lot of things coming from the TCM or the PCM where you anticipate there's going to have to be electronic upgrades in addition to the hard part upgrades that you're going to do to these transmissions? I don't think so. Um, the biggest issue that people are going to have to wrap their heads around um, is they're so smart. So the 60 RFE was way smarter than its other, other you know, predecessors. Mm-hmm. Um, the Allison 1000 was extremely smart. You know, those units had, Allison had uh, two speed sensors, 68's got two speed sensors. This unit's got four speed sensors on it, okay? It knows where it's at at all times internally. So the big fear is, is when tuners start going there and monkeying around with stuff, if the time comes to that, it's not going to be, let's just do this and this and hope, you know, and, and get this result. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work that way. It, it's the stuff that used to work on a 68 to play games with it, to, to make it shift differently and do that. You can probably get away with some of it, but you make one little wrong step here, this trans is not going to like it. It's, it's, it's just, it's like comparing, you know, I hate to say it like a, like a BMW 
to afford. Okay, people don't really mind BMWs too much because they're so they're great machines. They work fantastic. They're smooth. They're efficient. They drive great, but they're so complicated. Whereas a Ford, you mind it all the time because it's extremely simple. Same kind of thing we're going to be we're going to be experiencing these trans. We've gone now to two generations beyond what anyone ever thought of, and we've gotten there very very quickly. Um, so in that aspect, I think we're going to see again another big learning curve. Um, the tuning side of the world. I know that when these just came out and, and you know, the public knew, hey, hey there's going to be 10-speed transmissions and, you know, behind a Duramax or a Power Stroke, there's a lot of excitement, but there hasn't been a whole lot of information other than from you guys. That's where I've been seeing at teardown pictures and, and updates and things like that. And it, we've had a lot of listeners request to just, you know, kind of do an introductory to them. How, how do they... How do they drive? What are the benefits? You know, when can I buy a built transmission? That's always, you know, one that, that comes up. And I think what's exciting about it is is all this technology and the things that you mentioned with how it's put together. And now, you know, the aftermarket offers so much for reliability, performance, drivability. I'm really excited to see how this progresses over the you know, next month or you know a couple months, the year, and and see what the product is that you guys are able to produce. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we've already and we've already kind of we've kind of gotten to that point now already. So um, we are well up until this unfortunate virus, which is horrible, and I hope everyone out there stays safe. Wash your hands, stay away from people. You know, come on, people, be, be smart. Um, we we would have had our torque converter for it out at this time right now. Um, so we've already got a triple disc converter. It's almost done. We're waiting on one part to get back from an outside source. So the part we can't make here in house, the only part we can't make in house. Um, and so we'll, we, sh- we would have had a torque converter here already out. It should be out any time now. We've just got one of our first units back here from a customer who had, who had a new truck who he's almost right around the 800 horse range, 14,000 miles, and he absolutely just smoked the trans. So that allowed us to look a little bit deeper to figure out where the issues were going to be that we we're going to be seeing. We've seen that now. Um, We've got some preliminary design stuff we can do for this particular customer that will be kind of the benchmark for our entry-level units going forward. Um, and then going after that, we're gonna be, there's going to be quite a bit of hard part stuff that we're going to be releasing. So, you know, with the timetables with this virus, unfortunately, I can't say when it's going to be all these different little components. But, you know, I, I, would, I would hope to be within the next 6 to 12 months at the most to have a complete lineup of, you know, version 1.0, you know, several different hard parts for, that we're going to be making. Um, we've already got two underway, um, clutch kits for them, and, and also turnkey transmissions for them. Likely, probably not going to be selling any, any clutch kits, you know, for the users to install themselves right now. It's just way too complicated for most, most shops to even think about playing with right now. It's not a 47. I mean, compared to a 68, it's 
10 times more complicated than the 68. There's way too many places you can go wrong, way too many special tools required to, to, to work on it. So I think for a while it will just be in-house built units. And then kind of like the 68 over time, once people understand them and there's more knowledge out there and people have the tooling out there, then we can start introducing for the field built guys that, hey, here's a kit, here's the parts, have your shop installed for you. Yeah, and I remember when you guys did that on the 68 RFE, it was it was very similar where they were complete units, but then also you had rebuild kits where they were they were pre-assembled uh, in different parts of it. So for a, a you know transmission shop, repair shop, it it made it simpler for them. You guys were able to control you know the build of it and get them a, a product where you know they could R and R a transmission and and make it you know, more reliable for for their customer. So I think, I think in a way the market's kind of gotten used to that, you know, with, with, uh, these newer electronically controlled transmissions and, and just how complex they can be. And I think it helps, well, definitely, you know, the end user and the repair shops and you guys where you can control more of, more of the product and the installation by using the processes you guys have there and, and get them complete kits. Yeah, it definitely helps a lot. Um, you know, when you start and we love our shops. We sell parts too, and and we love you guys. The, the hardest part is not all shops out there that call us know what they're doing. Um, they may portray to their customer that they know what they're doing, and and you sell these guys a kit, and next thing you know, you got this guy's calling you 27 times a day, trying to walk. You know, having to walk this guy how to build a transmission from ground up. Um, you know, transmissions are not something to be taken lightly. Um, just like a motor, I don't think there's many guys out there to just build motors real quick in their garage. Yeah. It's, there's a lot to it. Uh, it's not that simple. It's simple when everything goes your way and there's no issues. Once things get a little get you know get a little squirrely on you, then it comes back to us trying to help you out, how to fix it. Whereas when we sell you a complete trans, we know when in it, we know how it got built. So if there's an issue, we kind of know where it's going to be. Versus when you do it or your shop does it, you call us. Man, that problem could be anywhere. Ain't literally anywhere. So the new, the newer units do make it a little easier for us to control the the end quality, which is which is really really nice. Unfortunately for the customer, it does make it more expensive because there, you know, there is so much that goes into them, and the customers also have to understand that they may look at this one part of this one clutch and say, man, they charge me a lot of money for this part. Well, there was a lot of money to a make that first part. People forget that the first part is extremely expensive, and most times the first part doesn't work. So there's multiple first parts, and that's where a lot of costs get, get, get into these transmissions that people um, forget about. Yeah, the, the one part looks really cheap, but to get to that one part has been ex extremely expensive. So this unit will be no different. It is going to be extremely expensive from the get-go, and then hopefully slowly over time, through quantities, we'll be able to get those prices you know, relaxed and, and, and brought down for the, uh, for the guys in the, in the field. I don't think that we could, you know, I, I saw some posts, I think it was on Facebook, and it was a, a truck group, and they were talking about transmissions. I think it was a 68 RFE, and, and somebody was saying, well, it shouldn't cost that much. It, you know, I built my 48 RE for 3500 bucks and it held up for this long and did all this stuff, but these things aren't the same. The truck prices aren't the same. You can't buy a, you know, three-quarter ton Dodge for what they were in 2004, and so with things like transmissions 
you know, in comparing this, which I've never seen you know, one of these in, in person, to a 48RE or even a 68RE fee and what it costs, it's like a night and day difference. And yeah, they're, they're, they're going to cost more. They're more complex. They're, there's a lot more going on, even from just like the speed sensors you were talking about and the way they disassemble. It's entirely different. Yeah, and, and just for example, um, to give you a little more information on, on one part we're making on this training. And it, it, this training and the, ten, and the eight speed ZF and the 10 speed smaller version, the factory's gotten very smart. There's been a lot of computer modeling. You can see there's been a lot of testing done as far as fluid flow pass and that stuff where in the past it, was, it wasn't like that. They didn't have the computer software to do that. On one part alone, you've got, you've got nine different angle drilled holes on one part all going different angles. So that's a five-axis part now versus when in the past it was a four-axis part. Well, a five-axis machine is several hundreds of thousands of dollars. There are no cheap four-axis machines. Machine time on one of those is triple what it is for a four-axis machine to run. So it's just an inherent design. They've gotten so much more you know, complex, and the technology that was put in the original is so much more complex that when we have to make parts on the aftermarket side, the cost goes up right with it. Yeah. Don't, the biggest thing is I'm trying to let people out there know is don't expect this to be an Allison 1000 build, guys. This is not going to be a three or $4,000 training. It's not possible. Now, if you want to put some clutches in it, sure. But if you actually want to put some, some parts in it, that's a different story. And just take the input shaft. Well, it's not one, it's not an input shaft in this transition. It's a main shaft. There's one shaft from the front all the way to the rear planet. Now, the rear planet has the output shaft made it to it, but the rest of the trans is on one shaft. It's almost three feet long. Okay? Wow. That shaft, <laughs> if we start seeing issues in that shaft, that shaft is going to be thousands upon thousands of dollars to recreate. It is... By far the hardest looking part I've ever seen to actually have to try to make again. I, I don't even know if the aftermarket the aftermarket will be able to make one. It is going to be so difficult because it is so long. There are four holes in that shaft that go almost all the way through it. They're all drilled off center. They're going almost three feet deep in that shaft. So you start adding all that up, it gets very very expensive because you're not using you know a Haas lathe or a Haas mill to do this stuff. You need extremely rigid, precise machinery to make these parts now. So, again, just don't expect, if you start cranking these power levels up, hopefully that shaft, I don't think it's going to be a big failure area because it is so long and there would be so much flex in it. But if tuning's bad and you bind that clutch up on that trans, that shaft will break, period. That's crazy to think about that because, you know, you think of picking up a 48RE shaft or a 68 RFE and, you know, I don't know the current prices on them, but, you know, they're not cheap either. But you think of something that's three feet long and having to recreate that and then have the precision with it that, you know, it works how it needs to and the tolerances and everything. Yeah, that's going to be expensive. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. People, you just got to understand that this is not a 48RE. This is not an Allison 1000. And, and the biggest thing also I'll let, let people know is there is no difference between a 10R 140 and an Allison 1000. I hate to break it to you guys out there. It's the same transmission. Wow, so it's it, the exact same? 99%. Got different bell housing, um, different torque converter. Uh, it's 99% the same transmission. So there is no, like, hard part difference. In fact, every hard part in the transmission 
has a Ford part, Ford part number on it and a GM part number on it. Wow. <laughs> Just like the 10R and 10L. So this is, and in fact, I would consider this more, it doesn't look like an Allison. It doesn't look like a 6R140. If anything, it looks like an 8HP70 by ZF. That's the closest thing that's ever been to this, but there's nothing that any guys in this, well, in the trans industry have seen something as close to like it, but the guys in the shops, internally, this thing will look as foreign as anything you've ever seen. Well, I mean, it's it's exciting uh, on one hand because the precision of it, and, I, and I'm sure the drivability is, is phenomenal, and the integration that these trucks have with the turbo and the engine and the transmission and everything else creates a really awesome driving experience. And I've talked about that on some other podcasts with, you know, different companies or people and that's cool. But then we think of the transmission side, which it always comes up. It, it always has because as a diesel enthusiast, you know, we do stuff to the trucks. It might not be a race truck, but well, a little bit more power, a little bit more airflow, a little bit of this and that. And it all adds up to the point where, you know, stock transmission isn't going to handle it and uh, you're going to have to do something. And so I, it's, it's something I'm excited to see unfold and what the capability is, because I think, I mean, we're never going to go back to, you know, something like a 48 RE or 47 RE. They're just going to continue oh, to get people more try complex. To do it every day. Hey, people still try every day though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guarantee there'll be a 48 swap at some point <laughs> in, in this thing as well. I guarantee it's coming eventually. <laughs> oh, well, it's uh. It, it's it's cool to see what you guys are doing. I know the the whole diesel community and industry appreciates the things that you guys post, and I always encourage, you know, anyone who's into trucks or you know has one of these or interested in doing something, follow you guys because there's such great information and kind of a behind the scenes look at uh, you know at, at these transmissions and just things you guys are working on and, and manufacturing, even if it's not you know pertaining to a 10 speed, could be a 48 RE or 68 RP or something like that. So definitely look forward to seeing what you guys come up with and, and uh, you know, roll out here when you can. And, and I know you guys will be there to support the market and the, the truck owners out there and make their 10 speeds better. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all we're trying to do. And, you know, again, it's going to be a lot of time, long time before these things are completely perfected on the aftermarket side. But um, we've been work, working on it for almost a year already. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really awesome. So uh, looking forward to see what the tuning community can do along with the turbo side of things and the fueling side of things to see what uh, what these new, new what, what we can do in front of these things as far as making power. It'd be really cool to see in the next two years where a lightly built street truck is. It'd be really awesome to see. Don't forget, diesel fans, if you have any questions about these transmissions or 68 RFEs or 48 REs, 5R 110s, any diesel transmission, make sure and check out the guys over at RevMax Converters. You can give them a call, send them a message, or follow them on social media. They're always working on really cool things and approaching getting more capability out of these transmissions so they hold up for street or full-on race trucks. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.